Hey everybody, how's life treating you? Welcome back to another episode of the Wellness Farmer Podcast where your health is my focus. So what I do is I take what has become too complex and help you by simply focusing on where health is found and that's inside of you. So how do we empower ourselves to feel our best? Well, that's with care of our spines, eating nutrient-dense food in our fertile soil without chemicals, adequate movement, and natural internal dialogue. And on today's episode, episode 215, I'm taking on a subject that has somewhat new in today's society. Well, at least it really wasn't much of it when I was a kid. It was brand new when I was a kid. So what I'm going to take on are screens and the internet, because it's all over the place. Um, I used a screen to record this episode. I use the internet to share this episode with you today. It has its place and it's important. But today I want to talk about some of the unintended consequences of screens and in the internet. And I sure hope you stay for the whole thing because this stuff is just way too important for all of us because it's it's in all of our lives and, and probably it's too much in our lives. And, well, you'll just have to listen to the episode to see what I have to talk about. But today is August 22nd, 2019. I'm Ben Page, your host. And before I get into the main content, remember a couple of ways to always stay in contact with what I am doing. Um, and that's by joining my email list at pastelsabetterthisfarm.com. If you do join my email list, you'll actually you get a couple of chapters absolutely free of my first book, The Four Pillars of Health, that give you the philosophy that I talk about in page format. So you get those first couple of chapters. If you like that book, of course, I would appreciate it if you went to Amazon.com or my webpage and purchased that book for yourself and for all your family members that you think it can help. It only helps both of us. It's a win-win situation. So if you like that, what you read, in, you can go and get your copy of it pretty much anywhere, even from my website. Um, you also get a couple of articles absolutely free that I'll talk about other ways to stay healthy. Um, but the best way you can actually help me out is if you're getting any any value out of what I what I do, I mean, if you listen and you get stuff out of it and you'd like to give me some of that back, the easiest way to do it is through Patreon. So my web, my webpage again, pastorsbetterthefarm.com, there's a button on the right, it's Patreon, you can go there, you can actually um, help me help you. So if you're getting value out of this, you want to bring some of that value back, that's the best way to do it. And you can find that Patreon page at pastorsbetterthisfarm.com. And, and if you want to work with me one-on-one, uh, the best way to do it is go into my webpage and then actually set up an appointment. We'll chat for a couple minutes, of course, for free, and we'll figure out how I can help you, and then, and then we'll go from there. But, of course, the, the first chat is, is, is free. I'm not going to... We're going to just get to know each other and see how I can help you. And if you'd like it, well, let's get into it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I can help you. That's for sure. Well, let's get into the main content. So before I get into the main content, I actually want to um, share a little quote that I'm reading and I'm trying to put into my life every day. So every day, this quote is actually on my my, my screen of my computer. So every time I open up the computer, I am reading this quote. And to me, it's that important. So that's why I want to share it with you today. And here it is. It's a quote by, excuse me, it's a quote by Ryan Holiday. It's called, Today, give yourself the most simple and doable of tasks. Just don't make stuff worse. Whatever happens, don't add anger or negative emotions to the equation. Don't react for the sake of reacting Leave it as it is, stop digging, then plan your way out. 
And I'm reading that every day, a couple times every day, and trying to make sure that I don't make things worse. Uh, don't need to bring back, I don't need to bring in anger or negative emotions to anything. I don't need to react to anything. I can act upon things, but I don't need to react about anything. And so reading that everything every day, that's helping me just a little bit, and hopefully that helps you. All right. First of all, I am back. It's been a long time. Um, I know it's been a long time, and sorry for not keeping you up to date on the situation. Uh, one reason is because I am knee-deep in my second book. So that second book, which at the moment is called, is titled Playing in the Dirt, um, but the answer to your health problems. Eh, let me know what you think of the title. And also, I'm getting this marketing campaign started. Um, I just throw this out there. If there's anyone out there that knows about marketing and would like to come on board and help me out, send me an email and we can talk about the numbers and all that other cool stuff because it is tough doing it alone. I'll let you know that. And I would love to someone have someone on board helping me out get the word out. So if you know anything about marketing or anything about getting books out there, send me an email. Let's work together. But that's one of the reasons why I've been kind of out. I've been focusing tons of time on that second book because to me, it is the way to go. I've, and well, not for me. I mean, really, I think, and I'm hoping that you guys can help me out, that it's a great way to help people jump into this I need to find a better way to help myself reach my health potential. And it's, it's a great way to start. So, But another reason I've been de debating with myself over how I should proceed, uh, not because I don't want to debate the situation with other people, but just because I don't have anyone that wants to really debate it with me at the, at the moment. So first of all, before I go any further, is the internet making things better or making things worse? Let me know. I want to. I want to talk about these things. It's. I want to debate uh, about these things because it's not just me talking. So what? I, what I was debating was: should I leave the internet and going back to just speaking directly to people or not? For various reasons, I've decided that I should continue to share this content on the internet. Um, I don't need to get into those, but for various reasons. And and in the, the internet is a place where we can learn and enjoy just about anything. It, it is. It is a good thing. Yes, uh, I believe it is, and we should take advantage of it, but it seems like the health of the world has, that has access to Internet continues to fall with respect, of the, with respect of how much more people get Internet. I mean, beautiful relationships are also being torn apart as a result of the use of Internet. So shouldn't it bring us together? Shouldn't it bring us closer? Because we should be, we, shouldn't we be more healthier? I mean... We have more contact with people. Um, I mean, this should bring us together. We're, we're, we're animals that thrive in communities. So if we're able, if we have so much more space to get to know and, and talk to people that we know or don't know, I mean, we should be healthier. So this is what's going through my mind. My podcast is focused on, focused on living a lifestyle of health and maintaining a healthy lifestyle found through returning to our roots, uh, literally and figuratively, but... Uh, participating in lifestyles that, that bring us back to the earth, really in, 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 in its totality, bringing people back to the earth. So if I'm using a platform, the internet, that is causing so much damage to our health and our relationships, why, where my focus is, is on health and the importance of community, why would I continue to use a platform that is directly related to so much suffering in health and relationships? 
I mean, please give me your thoughts on the subject. I'm not looking for emotional thoughts, of course, but, but your logical thoughts on the subject. What, what, what do you think about it? So, ironically, today's subject is about the downfalls of the Internet, and I'm sharing it on the Internet. <laughs> so let's, let's do this. Um, I, I'm using an article that I took from a magazine called The New American that I read while I was in the States working a little bit and and like any tool the internet can be used for good or evil so I can take a hammer and build a house for my family or I can take that same hammer and use it to break someone's skull same tool just used in different ways uh, and, and this is the, one of the main reasons why I decided to continue to share this information on the internet there's so much good to it but we as people need to control ourselves with not only what we use it for but how long we use it for and that is where the problem enters control can we control ourselves um nowadays five five hours a day on the internet is is more than common um and even more common is eight to ten hours in front of a computer screen working or or playing i mean the majority of people that's their life in front of a computer screen and then usually using internet while they're in front of that computer screen uh, and not so long ago this was a rarity i remember when i was a teenager we first got that first modem, 14.4 baud modem. We got that AOL CD in the mail. We stuck it into our, our CD drive, and we downloaded AOL to the computer. And I'll never forget my dad buying a monthly subscription, 20 bucks a month for five hours of Internet use. So today, five hours a day is not just common. It's... It's probably the low end of how much time people are using it. Back in those days, we had five hours a month to use the Internet. And that's not that long ago. So five hours a day, which is probably the low end of what people are using it, is incredible. And I would say I could be wrong, but for the majority of people, their health and relationships are not affected by what they are using the Internet for for the amount of time they spend using the internet. And of course, there is a percentage that is that is what they are using the internet for is that is what really ruins their relationship and eventually ruins their health or decreases their health. But I would say the majority of people it's it's not what they're using the internet for, it's it's how they're using, how long they're using the internet. Um, so let's look at at a, let's look at that first small percentage that I believe are just using the internet for the wrong reasons, reasons, and and this is not just for adults. This is also for for you parents out there that have that have children at home. And this comes directly reading from this article. So I want to start just by reading a short story from this article. It says, "An online adult predator began grooming Lucy James, of course that's a pseudonym, when she was only ten years old. Using social media to befriend befriend her, he built trust over the course of a year before arranging an in-person meeting." where he sexually assaulted her for the first of many times. The abusive relationship lasted several years before her parents realized and stopped it. Started at 10 years of age. Authorities determined the, man, determined the man had been grooming and abusing other children at the same time. In a process that is becoming commonplace, the Telegraph, which reported the story, says that in the UK alone, police arrest six people a day grooming children via social media apps. Grooming is really easy to understand once you get, once you get, once you give thought to it. Explains Alicia. It's the last name that's hard for me to pronounce. But in an interview with the nonprofit watchdog group, enough is enough. 
She actually survived four days of sexual assault and torture when an internet predator kidnapped her and chained her in her basement. He had spent a year grooming her online, thinking he was a peer. The 13-year-old corresponded with him on the family computer in the living room. In her youth, in naivete, it never occurred to her that she was befriending a monster. Everybody wants to feel loved. These people online are willing to make you feel that way, and they do it in the most subtle ways. Now founder of advocacy group, uh, the, Alicia Pro- the Alicia Project, this woman works to protect children and teens who are both easily duped and swamped by the vast volume of porn available online. Young people are inundated with sexual images and sexual conversation that allow them to feel to very freely participate in those types of conversations and activities, relates John Doe, former teacher and convicted sex offender. In, in Enough is Enough interview, he described how easy it is to take advantage of young minds. I would just start by asking for a regular picture, and then if I got to that level, I would eventually ask for a picture of a more sexual nature. I mean, I, I imagine... Most know how destructive and addictive pornography is, and it does absolutely no good, and the further we are from it, the better our relationships and health will be. But look how young this is starting, at ages this is starting. I mean, Jill Manning said, if you have the internet, you have pornography in your home. I mean, scary how close it is. It's in, if you have internet in your home, it's inside the four walls of your home. But that isn't the scariest part. Yeah, it's close, sometimes in our front pocket, but that doesn't mean it has to affect us. But in the same article, it talks about some percentages that are almost difficult to believe and hopefully makes you think twice before going out and buying your kid a cell phone. I mean, I still don't see one reason why a kid needs a phone. I understand once a kid gets his own job and can afford it himself, but parents are buying the kid's phone, I don't see it. And I personally think I made a a huge mistake to give my son a hand-me-down phone. Um, it is a lot harder to take something away or control something than just not give it to him at all in the first place. And the trouble, like I say, the trouble trying to help a teenager understand the responsibility of the power found in a cell phone is is difficult. Not even mentioning the high probabil- probability of him accidentally uh, seeing an image that can, that can affect him, which would never happen if he just didn't have it. Uh, that's my opinion, so let me know yours. Again, I'm trying to make this, I would love this to become a lively conversation. It doesn't have to be just stop there. Let me know. Talk to me on, on ben, Page, ben Page DC on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a post about this uh, today. So let me know what you think. But back to the numbers of this article. Uh, again, reading directly from this article. It says here, Though the numbers of young people actively seeking out immoral images online are gut-wrenching. Security technology company Biddlefender reported that last year that kids under age 10 account for 10% of visitors to porn video sites. University of New Hampshire research found that one in four young internet users are 10 to 17 report will report unwilling exposure to sexual material online. And that only accounts for those who admit it. Nonprofit Fight, the new drug, Inc., says the average age of first exposure to pornography is 9 to 11 years old. If 60% of 10 and 11-year-olds have smartphones, is it really all that surprising that sometimes they encounter porn online, whether they're looking for it or not? Think it can't happen to your kids? 
think again. Only 3% of boys and 17% of girls under 18 have never been exposed to sexually explicit material online, according to Pew Research. Even more disturbing, in 2017, the British Journal of School Nursing reported that children under 10 make up 22% of online porn consumption among individuals age 18 and under. Each day, users generate 68 million search queries related to pornography, says internet security company Webroot. That's a full quarter of daily search engine requests, and teens and young adults ages 12 to 29 years make up the majority of internet users. So those numbers are kind of scary. So pornography is addictive and destructive, but it also has shown to degree, de decrease brain matter. In the same article, it goes on to say, the Journal of the American Medical Association, so JAMA Psychiatry, offers this rather technical explanation. Pornography consumption is associated with decreased brain volume in the right stratum, decreased left stratum activation, and lower functional connectivity to the prefrontal cortex. In layman's terms, as hours of reported pornography use increase, the amount of gray matter in the brain decreases. Writing in the Surgical Neurology International Journals, neuroscientists Daniel Hilton and Clark Watts compare it to brain damage observed to patients who suffer physical head trauma. So by using it, it's like getting some type of physical head trauma. It's the same thing. And addiction is not just found in pornography. I mean, the internet is addictive. It causes the exact same changes in our brains, and young people are so much more susceptible to it because their brains are still developing. It contains, it continues here explaining the process of addiction and some of, some of its effects. So here, here's more. So while atrophy progresses, addiction sets in. A brain hooked on porn is frighteningly similar to one hooked on drugs, Cambridge University reports. Our brains react to pornography the same way as alcoholic might react to seeing a, drunk, a drink advertisement. Porn activates the brain's reward system, pumping out the neurotransmitter dopamine, which plays a major role in motivating our actions. Dopamine wires the brain's reward circuitry based on what we feed it. So, so important. Dopamine wires the brain's reward circuitry based on what we feed it, and because young people's brains are still developing, they are much more susceptible to porn's rewiring. Furthermore, overstimulation with dopamine overrides the brain's mechanisms that, did take, that dictate self-control, and dopamine receptors shrink from overstimulation, meaning it takes more dopamine for the user to achieve the desired effect. The result is twofold. The brain's frontal lobes physically contract, and the addict searches out increasingly hardcore material to chase the dopamine high. This is exactly what happens to people who abuse drugs such as meth and cocaine. In fact, this, this part is in very important. In fact, researchers observe the same dope-brained effect in internet addicts, even those who do not use porn. Behaviors such as aggressiveness, poor judgment, and lack of self control. People with internet addiction have been found to have less gray matter in several important areas of the brain, including the frontal lobes, which oversee things like planning, prioritizing, and controlling impulses, the stratum, which is involved with the reward center and helps us control our behavior, and the insula, an area involved with feeling empathy and compassion for others. These conclusions published in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience describes what we're doing to our kids when we put them in front of screens. 
be they smartphones, tablets, computers, or TVs, such devices deliver instant gratification that doesn't exist in the real world, making children prefer virtual reality. I mean, this is a whole other topic, but, but they make it addictive for a reason. It isn't addictive just because it is. Uh, there are conferences that teach and sell software that makes, makes addiction more possible, and the people that make the stuff know. The average teen spends, like I said, nine hours a day in front of a screen between texting, gaming, video watching, or posting on social media. That's the average teen. So when I say five hours is the low, I mean, yeah, that's the low. And so these people that build and sell these, the, these, the software and, and, and also the, the product, this is what they do. Worth noting is that while Earl, so he's the one that kind of, he's, he's the one, in, he's one of the people that sets up this whole, I think he's got a conference in San Francisco where they, where I was reading the article where it's a conference about how to use technology and software to make people, they don't use the word addictive, but where they can get people to buy, to buy convulsively. So worth noting is that while Earl derives his lucrative income from the tech, techno addictions of others, he admits protecting his own family. He told the Guardian that he pulls the plug on internet access at his house at a set time each day. The idea is to remember that we are not powerless, he explained. We are in control. And he's not alone, continues to say. Last year, writing for the New York Times, Nellie Bowles, Bowles re profiled several tech leaders, including Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, who wouldn't let their young children near screens. On the scale between candy and crack cocaine, it's closer to crack cocaine, explained Chris Anderson, former editor of Wired Magazine and founder of GreekDad.com. He also has direct online rules for his children. He told Bowles, we thought we could control it. And this is beyond our control. This is going straight to the pleasure centers of the developing brain. This is beyond our capacity of regular parents to understand. So the people that make the devices of the software know we need to educate ourselves also we need to educate ourselves also about this new addiction that is not only affecting our health but our relationships also what am i going to read now is for us adults so we need to so yeah we see it in in kids and more than anything in in teenagers but we need to check ourselves because what i'm going to read now is going to be difficult to swallow first a little bit about the kids, but then... So we're talking about kids who will not stop playing video games unless a parent or the imminence of a bodily function forces them to stop. How is that not an addiction? Asked Johnny Rosemond, psychologist and naturally syndicated columnist. He recalls a 15-year-old patient whose obsession was so intense it disrupted his family and social life. After Rosemond persuaded the parents to confiscate all devices, the young man went nuts under quotation marked, and nearly destroyed his room. Two weeks of silence and self-imposed seclusion later, he admitted to his parents that he felt much, much better and was going to try and help other boys conquer their addictions. Not all stories have such a happy ending. Roseman reports that many gamers have taken to wearing adult undergarments so play is not interrupted. He says that, he says that is where a child or teen's obsession with video games can lead if parents don't pull the plug. Now, this is for our parents. How can they? When they are addicted. 
A 2016 CSM survey of U.S. parents of 8 to 18-year-olds shows the adults are spending more than nine hours a day on screen media, with 82% of that time devoted to personal, non-professional use. 82% of that time devoted to personal, not professional use. How is this affecting their kids? Leading by example, parents are sending negative messages. 54% of children feel their parents check devices too often. Half of kids out there think their parents check their devices too often. 32% feel neglected by that behavior. And parents absorbed in their screens tend to have harsh reactions when interrupted. Moreover, parents aren't truly aware of what kids are doing online. While more than half believe they know what's going on, 54% of teens admit their parents would be a lot more worried if they actually did. And it goes on to say, let's see, want to test your knowledge? Try interpreting the following text. CTN MOS KBC BTW 4594EAE. If you're stumped, chances are you don't know everything your kids are up to. The translation of that is, can't talk now, mom over, sh- mom over shoulder, keeping parents clueless. By the way, I love you forever and ever. That's what that means. And they give a website where you can find out more of these acronyms, what they actually are. Yeah, so it's inter- internetsafety101.org, where it teaches you what, a lot of things that your pre- kids are probably writing that you don't even know what they are. So it isn't easy, but it isn't supposed to be. But we need to find ways to stop this new problem. There's too much good to the internet, and it is important in our daily lives. I know that, but we have to find ways so it doesn't affect our health and our relationships with our loved ones and our kids. 54% of kids do not need to be thinking that their parents are online too often. 82% of that being actually non-professional. Those two things are the most important things we have. Without those... We have nothing. If we don't have our health, if we don't have our relationships, we have nothing. And so many of us are throwing them away because of a screen. I would like to finish with one final piece of of the article. And my hope is that we can start a constructive dialogue and how how we can take on this new addiction. And And it ends, We must teach our children that screens are tools, not toys, not live in nannies, and certainly not be best friends. In Roseman's words, we need parents who are not trying to be their kids' friends. Parents who understand that children, including most teenagers, know only what they want, which is precisely why they require adults in their lives who know what they need. Man, that feels good. I mean, let's find time to improve ourselves. Let's take control of what we can take control And one thing we can take control of is the amount of time we're using social media. 82% of the time used from adults is on social media. In non-professional use, what we do, I use social media for professional use. But we can stop using it so often and really enrich the relationships we have around us. Let our kids know that no, the internet is not that important and it doesn't need to be that important for you either. We need to set that example for them. Before I go, don't forget to take a picture of your screen 
of this podcast and share it on Instagram, tagging me at BenPageDC, and I will tag you right back. Share this with anyone you know that would get something out of it, and most importantly, you guys are awesome. Let's start in a conversation about this stuff. Let's learn together on how we can be better at this because it's here to stay, but we need to use it because it's good. There's lots of good out of it. It's here to stay. We need to figure out how we can use it to help better each and every one of us. In other words, use it as a tool to build and to repair instead of using it as a toy that can cause us problems. All right, so let's see you next time. And as always, let's live our life just a little bit better one episode at a time.